I suggest that we can prove the existence of God from the impossibility of the contrary. As Christians, we do not give up our intellect. The strongest evidence and argument for the existence of God is that without a belief in God, you can't prove anything. How can the law be material? That's the question I'm going to ask you. I would say no. And can you give me an example of anything other than God that's immaterial? Welcome to the Revealed Apologetics podcast. I'm your host, Elias Ayala, and here at Revealed Apologetics, Our goal is to equip believers to defend the Christian faith, and we want to equip you to do it in a way that is honoring to God and faithful to Scripture. So sit back, relax, get your thinking caps on, and let's dive into our topic for today. Once again, welcome back to the Revealed Apologetics podcast. This episode, we are going to be taking a more theological um, approach here and kind of sidetracking from our traditional presuppositional apologetics emphasis. However, if you are aware of the presuppositional view of apologetic methodology and how it fits into the broader worldview context, you will understand that all of theology is part of the Christian worldview, and so... Um, defending specific Christian doctrines are going to become uh, a necessary uh, function or a necessary, um, I guess, a necessary aspect, rather, of apologetics. And so what I want to focus uh, today is the very important doctrine um, of justification by faith alone, okay? I am a Reformed Christian, Okay, and uh, one of the central uh, tenets of Reformed theology and Protestant theology in general, I mean, I'm a Calvinist, but if you were to take a look at, uh, you know, Protestant line, uh, you know, Protestant theology, there is an affirmation of uh, justification by faith alone. Of course, whether everyone's being consistent with that in how they work out their theology is another issue, Um, but it is an essential feature um, of Protestant Reformed uh, theology, okay? Justification by faith alone. We do not believe we are justified by the things that we do. Rather, we are justified by faith apart from the works of the law. And so um, defending the faith um, is not something that is only done within the context of, say, Christianity versus atheism. Uh, We oftentimes will have to defend various doctrines against other groups that have a uh, a false understanding of, say, essential features of the Christian faith, which I think justification by faith alone is is part of. All right. So I want to take some time to kind of just teach a little bit and define my terms and go through 
what the do what the doctrine of justification by faith alone is. We're going to define justification, and uh, and then take it from there. So I I um, promise that this particular episode will be very educational and important theologically, especially if you're coming into this not really uh, knowing these important theological uh, concepts, you know, things like justification, sanctification, propitiation, all of these fancy theological terms, they all are very important. Even if we move away from, say, all of the difficult vocabulary, they're important for Christians to know because they are very, very biblical. So, um, since we're going to be talking about justification, let's define uh, justification. What is justification? Justification is an instantaneous legal act of God in which he thinks of our sins as forgiven and Christ's righteousness as belonging to us. All right? He declares us to be righteous in his sight. So justification is a legal declaration of, of our innocence in light of what Christ has done. Okay? And it's very important to recognize also that justification is a legal declaration. If you take a look in Scripture, sin, which is a violation of God's law, is understood as debt, okay? And so when we sin, we owe something, right? We are in debt to God. We deserve punishment. Uh, we've sinned and fallen short. All men have sinned and fallen short. Uh, sin has certain ramifications. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So justification, the declaration of righteousness to declare righteous, is a legal declaration because it is declaring us righteous by means of imputation, imputation to imputate, right? Imputation is really a very, very essential aspect of the gospel, right? God imputes or reckons to our account. God imputes, God thinks of Christ's righteousness as belonging to us. You can read this in Romans 4, 3, 1 Corinthians 1, 30. Philippians 3, 9, Romans 4, 6 through 8, if you want to look those up. So we are, uh, we are given the righteousness of Christ that is imputed to us, okay? Uh, so God declares us righteous, uh, which means, and this is amazing, this means that we have no penalty to pay for our sin. Why? Well, because the penalty was already paid, all right? Yet forgiveness of sins is only one part of justification, because forgiveness really makes us morally neutral. It doesn't give us uh, favor with God per se. There needs to be this active imputation of the righteousness of Christ, right? So we're declared, uh, we're declared righteous, and this declaration of righteous doesn't actually make us intrinsically righteous. We don't just magically become able to be righteous in, in any way, shape, or form. It is a legal declaration, right? God uh, declares that we are righteous in his sight. Okay, God must declare us to have the merits of perfect righteousness before him. But God can declare us to be just because he imputes Christ's righteousness to us. Okay, and once again, this idea of imputing, this is when God thinks of Christ's righteousness as belonging to us. Okay, imputation has really, if you think about it, has already happened twice, at least twice, right? On the one hand, the Bible says that when Adam sinned, his guilt was imputed to us. And this is linked up with the doctrine of original sin. Adam was our representative head. That gets into the other theological topics known as federal headship, where the man represents the family. Adam, being the father of us all, represented all mankind, and so we all sinned in Adam. Okay, When Adam sinned, 
his guilt was imputed to us. So that's one example of imputation that's already occurred. And then secondly, when Christ suffered and died for our sins, our sin was imputed to Christ. All right? Those are two forms of imputation that have already occurred. If justification changes us internally, and it's not just a declaration of our, of our righteousness in Christ Jesus, if justification changes us internally and then declared us to be righteous based on how good we actually were, okay, we can never be declared perfectly righteous in this life because of remaining sin. There would be no provision for forgiveness of past sins committed before we were changed internally, and therefore we could never have confidence that we are right before God. Okay, uh, So the Protestant view of justification by faith alone is this idea that by faith alone we are declared righteous. This is not an intrinsic change that God does within us. It is declarative. He declares us to be righteous and then imputes the righteousness of Christ to us. This is different than the traditional Roman Catholic view of justification. On Roman Catholicism, justification is something that changes us internally and makes us more holy within, right? Sanctifying and renewing of the inner man, the uh, Catholics would, would say. Righteousness on Roman Catholicism is infused in the believer. It's not imputed as the Protestant view of justification uh, would suggest, that the righteousness of Christ is imputed to us. Catholics believe that the righteousness of Christ is infused in us. But on, on this view, it's interesting, people can't be sure if they are in a state of grace, because people can experience varying degrees of, of justification, and uh, our eternal life with God, on this view, really is based on God's grace and our merits, what we can do, okay? And this is not—I uh, would say this is not the biblical position. I do believe that the Bible teaches justification by faith alone. We are uh, declared righteous before God by our faith and not our works, okay? And uh, I, I think that the Roman Catholic position uh, is, is, is unbiblical, okay? And so in a context of apologetics, yes, you know, you're going to have to understand what justification is, um, what the Bible has to say about it, and be able to interact with um, opposing perspectives on this very important issue, okay? Well, how might we respond to the Roman Catholic view of justification? Well, I think the way that Roman Catholics classify uh justification and the infusion of righteousness and all these sorts of things really blurs the issues and ultimately makes forgiveness of sins and right legal standing before God a matter of our own merit and not a free gift of God. This blurring of distinctions ultimately destroys the heart of the gospel, if you think about it. Okay, and this is why there is such a vast difference between the Protestant view of justification and the Roman Catholic view of justification. Justification comes to us entirely by God's grace, not on account of any merit in ourselves. Romans 3, 23-24 and Ephesians 2, 8-9. God justifies us through our faith in Christ. Okay? It is in Christ and Christ alone. All right? Now, I know folks might be thinking, well, what about James chapter 2, verses 18-26, through where it says, uh, so that you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay, because uh, I think that's a very important uh, passage. Well, well, actually, let's let's focus there. So James chapter two, verses eighteen through twenty-six. Now let's read it. I'm gonna pull it up here on my phone. Okay, James chapter two. If you're uh, able to open up to your Bible, or maybe you're listening on the road, let's uh, work through this together. So James chapter two, verses. 
18 through 26. All right. So, okay, I'm going to start with verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Okay, that was uh, James chapter 2, verses 18 through, oh, two more verses, sorry. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. There we go. That's that's the entirety. Okay, so what's going, what's going on here? Uh, if we... Move back to verses, well, we started at verse 18. If I start in verse 14, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Well, what kind of faith? Well, it's the faith that says, uh, you know, that he has faith and doesn't have works to show it. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace and be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it, is, if it, is, if it does not have works, is dead. Okay. Now we have to be very careful here. This is not necessarily talking about, you know, you need faith and works uh, together kind of like to be saved. That's not what it's teaching because there are blatant scriptures elsewhere that contradict that notion. Okay. From the Protestant perspective, we would say that um, works is evidence of faith, but works is not the prerequisite for salvation. Okay, so what's going what's going on here? Okay, it says, but someone will will say, "You have faith; I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works." Who is this in relation to? Is this between man and God, or between man and man? Well, I believe it's clear that given the context, it's man. And man, show me your faith apart from works, and I will show you my faith by my works. The justification being spoken of here is not justification before God. Okay, James is using the term justified to mean to demonstrate or show to be righteous. And he's not using justification in the sense that one is declared to be righteous. Right? That's the different senses. Justification is being used in a different sense in the context of James chapter 2. The Apostle Paul uses justification in a legal sense and in reference to how we are justified before God, which he says in Romans 4, 5, but to the one who does not work but believes in the one who justifies the ungodly, his faith is reckoned to him as righteousness. That's, that's the context in Paul. But in James, this is in reference between man and man. Show me your faith and I will sh show me your, uh, what does he say here? He says, let me get the passage here. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. That's, that's different, okay? So, so just to quickly summarize this point, James is, is using justification to mean to demonstrate or show to be righteous, right? To like another person. Paul is using justification in the context of how one is made right before God, 
And I think that's a clear difference. All right. In regards of um, in regards to speaking of between men, I show that I am justified by my works. Right. I show you my works and you know that by my works, my faith is genuine. But in regards to being justified before God, the Bible says that we are justified before God by faith and not by works. Okay. All right. Um, what are some of the uh, practical um, aspects or implications, if you will, of justification by faith alone? I think this this doctrine really helps us to uh, offer genuine hope to unbelievers who who know that they could never make themselves right before God. Right? Um, we uh, are not burdened with the task of um, getting in right standing with God based upon what we do. Right. This doctrine gives us confidence that God will never make us pay for the penalty of the sins that have already been paid for by Christ. If Christ is forgiven, if we've been forgiven in Christ and we've been declared righteous uh, in Christ Jesus, then the penalty of our sin is fully paid for. And so that is the peace that we have uh, with God. If we are in Christ, then there is no more wrath to be poured out upon us. And that is a liberating doctrine. It is a freeing doctrine. It is a doctrine that allows us to remove the chains of um, legalism and that we can be at peace with Christ. Even in our struggles, we know that because we're forgiven and that there is no more wrath uh, to be poured out upon us, that we are um, we have peace in Christ and Christ through the power of his spirit that indwells in us helps us to live day by day, being conformed into the image of Christ. And that's that's another aspect known as sanctification, which is different than justification. All right. Well, I hope this makes sense. Um, the doctrine of justification is um, very, very important, and I think we need to be able to defend this doctrine biblically. And uh, even if we step outside the realm of apologetics, just from a personal standpoint, understanding the doctrine of justification has great benefit and that it can keep our minds at ease, that uh, we are in right standing with God and that we can be sure that we are in right standing with God. Well, this concludes this episode. I hope you have found this uh, very helpful. Um, as you are listening to this, or maybe you can go back and listen to it, check those scripture references that I used, and look into this uh, yourself, um, studying the scriptures and um, learning more about this amazing, amazing gospel truth. Take care, and God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening to Revealed Apologetics. If you have any questions that you would like me to answer um, on one of our podcast episodes, please feel free to send in your question uh, at revealedapologetics at gmail.com.